0: I'm Carolyn. Hi, I'm Jeremy, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists in California. And we've been friends for the past 20 years. For 10 of those years, we've been working as therapists with families, couples, and individuals.
1: And one of us has been through a divorce, a remarriage, and a blended family. Welcome to Weenus. A relationship podcast.
0: And welcome to the Weenus podcast with Jeremy and... Oh, Carolyn. Hi. Carolyn. Hello, Carolyn. How are you doing this week? I'm doing well.
1: How are you doing?
0: You know what? I'm, I'm glad it's the end of the week. It, it, it's, it's been a been long busy. week. It's been a lot of long sessions. It's been a lot of lot, a
1: lot of work. So yes, here we yeah, are. I agree. I was definitely looking forward to Friday. Absolutely.
0: Well, this week we're talking about knocking it off. Knock it off geez, just knock it off. How, <laughs> how often do you want to
1: say those words in a session? Um, I wish, you know, a lot to be honest. <laughs> um, and I think that's definitely some insight um, for you guys around like what it is on our side of things, because a lot of times people want the solution. Um, and just, you know, just a little nugget, if you're going to do some therapy, I think that just being prepared that What we are encouraging or some of the skills we're providing may not seem like the fix or the solution, but we're not here to do that. We're not here to fix it. We're here to help um, the, you know, therapy isn't designed to to fix it. It's designed to help you be able to manage challenging situations better. Right. And so the solution might be to just be more mindful or to be more forgiving. And that may not seem like, well, but this person, you know, I get annoyed when this person does this. The solution isn't to change the other person or to change yourself, but maybe just to be more accepting, right? So, so I find a lot of times that the easy answer, especially with couples is to knock it off, Um, stop doing that thing and expecting things to be different every time, you know, and I think I find that in my own relationship, we got, we get caught in some of the same patterns, um, you know, of disagreement or getting in an argument over the same thing over and over um, and it seems like we just can't come to a resolution on it. Do you guys do those kinds of patterns?
0: Uh, I think in, in, are you, are you talking about in, in my relationship? Or, yeah. um, I, I know that I do. I, I know that I do that. There's, there's things that I do that I'm not aware of. One of the one of the things that that can really be difficult on a relationship is a lack of self-knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get caught up in your own patterns and you don't recognize maybe that you're being kind of annoying. you know <laughs> that you do so you do a thing that is kind of obnoxious. And when it's pointed out to you, you 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 might have enough insight in it to go, "Oh, yeah, I do that thing," mm-hmm. which oftentimes for me is looking at my phone too much. yeah. Uh, you know, or being so in my head during a conversation with my wife that she can tell that I'm not paying attention. That's, mm-hmm. that's incredibly obnoxious. And I, I know that I do that. I, I also know that when you're talking about people coming to therapy and their expectations, there can be a, a sense of, okay, we're here. The therapist is going to provide us with a, a strong roadmap for how to fix the things Um, And, and the responsibility is upon the therapist for that sort of thing. When um, I I think there's also a a hope between one, maybe sometimes both people in a couple that the therapist is going to side with them. The therapist is, is not going to confront them, that the therapist is going to figure out a way for one or both not to own their stuff uh, and, and to, Get around that part of things, and so that they can keep doing their thing, and and the therapist is going to make um, progress very easy,
1: right? Or I mean, I think another way of, of of acknowledging that would be to I think sometimes when we come into couples therapy, we're just afraid, right? Like it feels sometimes, you know, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. Sometimes people wait until they're feeling so hopeless. You know that this is the only possible way, and so the therapist, we can't we can't fix it. We've tried. The therapist must be the one who's going to fix it, and we just show up. Um, You know, I typically start each session by asking folks, you know, what did you do well last week? You know, what what changes did you make, or what did you do well? Um, Because really, the purpose of a therapy is to talk about the things that aren't going well, and that can get. um, If we do that too much, and we focus on that too much, then it starts feeling, you know, it's like looking through a straw. Like that's all we're seeing. Um, So I think it's important to have that perspective. Um, But then my next question will just be, so what didn't go well this week, right? And so a lot of times, or people will bring up, you know, patterns that they want to work on. But then when I try to explore that, they're not, they're really not able to see like, well, how is that impacting you negatively? Like, why do we need to work on this? It's like, well, I mean, it's not that like, we're not here to tell you right or wrong, good or bad, if you're doing something that you would put in quotations that's wrong, um, but there's no negative consequences to it, or it's, it's actually working pretty well for you in your life, then there's not a lot of motivation to change it. And I don't really know how much I can help you in doing that. Yeah,
0: there, there, there has to be a willingness for any of this to work on mm-hmm. the part of both people, but there is room for some kind of personal acknowledgement or change. Right. And really, sometimes it is recognizing the thing that you are doing that's contributing to problems within the relationship and figuring out how to knock it off. Right, and, so I
1: think one of the things that people need to knock off is is not acknowledging, right? It's like either blaming their partner or just feeling like there's nothing that they can do, um, which is a pretty tough place to be in. you feel like I can't do anything to fix my relationship or change it for the better. Or just feeling like there's nothing they need to do. You know, that's a big like knock it off. Like if, they, if your relationship isn't working, I can almost guarantee you that you're doing something to contribute to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that very common thing, like I, I mentioned before, a lot of it is vacancy in communication. And that can be mm-hmm. the, the cell phone. It can be the not paying attention. It can be just an overall lack of consistent attention and care. To the relationship,
1: yeah, I hear that a lot. Um, we just kind of lose focus on our on our relationships. Um, you know, I, I actually heard that this week from a client about what happened in her marriage, um, and it was that kind of just general, like we just stopped working on it together. Um, and it was a real a real reminder to me of of how important it is to continue to work on these things together. Um, how important it is to have. The openness, the willingness within your relationship to have conversation about difficult things, Um, because if you teach your partner that they can't come to you with those things, or that they can't disagree, or that you guys can't have an argument, you know, like we taught, we had that um, conversation about healthy disagreement. Um, If we teach our partners that they can't do that, then eventually they won't, and then they'll figure out other solutions, which may not be very conducive to a healthy marriage. Um, and so, you know, allowing for disagreement, allowing for there to be, you know, you're not perfect. Um, I think being vulnerable enough to say, you know, Oh, okay. I hear you. Like maybe there is something I need to do about that, um, to help our relationship is a big deal.
0: Yeah. One of the questions that I ask couples that really tends to stop the train, uh, is I ask them both, when was the last time you really showed up? your spouse. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I define that as didn't need to be told what to do. Didn't need instruction read between the lines, saw what needed to be done and just simply made it happen. Mm -hmm. And as you go on, particularly in a more mature relationship, one that's been, um, you know, several years, you tend to stop kind of doing that because you get into a pattern of things. And so, I find that couples both sit there and go, "When was the last time that I just grabbed the ball and did something?" Right. Um, You know, and it can be, you know, as simple as, uh, you know, so and so needs to use this vehicle. Um, I'm going to go ahead and gas it up and wash it because Mm -hmm. it's a mess. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, these these sorts of things, and it it can also uh, often it tends to be. Uh, things regarding children and children's needs and, and things like that. Uh, some couples are really actually pretty darn good at this, uh, and others actually have to sit there and go, "Wow, it's 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 been a while." And showing up for your partner is something that is just so trust building and so incredibly important. And and your your the, the gas in the tank, as it were, really gets built by how often you show up. It's right. thoughtfulness. It's care for the other one. You know, it's it's putting gas in the tank.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, to avoid putting, what is it they, they put in like gas tanks to like make them not run? Like people will put like just Additives. anything else. What? Yeah. Additives? No, no. Like to, if you're like trying to sabotage someone, you might put. Oh, sugar in the gas tank. Sugar in the gas tank or whatever. But I think one of the things that put sugar in our gas tank is being like hurtful to each other. So like that, the flip side of that, like showing up and doing things without being asked, you know, like my husband's really noticed like as simple as it sounds, like the happier we each are, like if I'm doing well and I'm happy and things are going well, then I'm going to clean up the house and do the laundry. And I, I know he's got a lot on his plate and I'm not going to feel resentful about it. And I'm going to be able to show up for him. He's much more able to show up for me when he's doing well. And so I think that like, we have to stop not taking care of ourselves. Like we need to make sure that we have that time and just acknowledging, like, maybe I need to go to some counseling. Maybe I need to work on some of my stuff. But I think, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, putting sugar in the gas tank is saying hurtful things when we're, when we get defensive, you know, I think some of us can have that pattern of like kind of pushing away. Um, I call it Harry and the Henderson, Hendersonings, um, someone of just like telling Harry. And if you guys haven't seen Harry and the Hendersons. I think I've even referenced it here before. So he's a Sasquatch and he lives with humans, but it's not working out. Um, so they tell him they don't love him and they send him back off in the woods cause they don't want him there. Sometimes we'll do that in our relationship because we're feeling threatened or our self-esteem is low or whatever the case might be. And we'll say really hurtful things. Um, and that's really, really damaging. Even if tomorrow you wake up and say, oh my gosh, I didn't mean it. I apologize. It's like you've already chipped, You know that chip is already out of the foundation.
0: Yeah, this is where Jeremy really works hard on trying to figure out another old movie reference to throw in. I'm kind of thinking about Alf, uh, but- Alf um, um,
1: wasn't a movie? I know, it was a TV show. Alf was awesome. And he ate cats, remember that? Probably not eating cats would also be a good thing in your marriage. (laughs) Don't eat the cats. Knock off eating cats if that's something you're doing.
0: We've only got one left, just saying.
1: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it'd be pretty obvious if you ate a cat. (laughs) <laughs>
0: easy, it's an easy head count <laughs> yeah absolutely another difficult thing uh, that I, that i found in this same sort of vein is lack of flexibility mm-hmm. in a couple and and that just grows usually out of years and years and i kind of i, I don't know if this is gross or not i call it plaque in a relationship mm-hmm. where these ingrained kind of behaviors and 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 tracks cuz we all get into our own how things work sort of thing.
1: Right. And, or what and, works for me. Yeah. Even more yeah. Importantly. Right. Or what should be like, this is, this is what it, or what our relationship should be. But yeah, absolutely. Like those old, old behaviors that just aren't working.
0: And, and I, I know right now, just in talking about this, what a hypocrite I am in, in, in it, because I love routine. Mm-hmm. It just like, I get up at the same time every morning. I go to bed at the same time every night. And, and I'm, I, I tend to be kind of inflexible in that. And, and, and it, it sometimes doesn't really work with the schedule and I, I, I do it anyway. Uh, and so that, like that lack of flexibility can cause friction in our own habits in the way that we do things. And why is it that we're doing things the way that we're doing them? For me, it's because I like the predictability and I feel in control of my life. And that's often where these patterns come from is it actually working, or is it just working for you?
1: Right, and, and I think and I- that that was something like I would get that feedback um, at a previous job of of like my challenge with flexibility. I mean, it almost got to you know it was kind of a running joke, um, but it was something that I talked with with my therapist at the time about like this inflexibility. And she was really able to reframe it for me in a way that felt much more in line with who I am. And she just really noted like, well, so why are you inflexible? So like on a given day, let's say someone calls out sick and I need to run a group. I don't know that, like, I haven't run that group. I don't know that group. So for me, it wasn't so much about being inflexible because it really rubbed against my values of like, but I know I'm a team player and I know that I, I really do care about being helpful and useful and backing people up and people knowing that they can, that I'll show up for them. Like that's one of my number one values. So why am I so inflexible? Um, And it really came down to not so much the inflexibility, but the anxiety around the unknown, you know, and like you said, the, that kind of needing to feel more in control is definitely, you know. Like I said, inflexibility is, is the name of the game for me um, because I do like to feel more in control. I generally run on the more anxious side. Um, Jeremy's face is lit up with shock. He didn't realize this. Um, and so, so yeah, absolutely. Is this more about like, so maybe having some empathy for your partner of trying to, trying to explore with curiosity of like, well, why does this have to be that way? Like what's going on? Does it give you a sense of control? Are you feeling anxious about changing it? Like, why why can't we change this? But really being curious, we don't get to judge our partner's answers. We don't get to tell them what to do. We just need to be curious and really explore that from a uh, kind of an observer mind perspective, which is tough because we want them just to do what we want them to do, which is pretty inflexible in and of itself.
0: Sure, and I'm I'm thinking here about uh, Sherry. Next time she listens to this, and she goes, "Oh, we're going to be more flexible, are we?" And and so I'm I'm definitely going to get called out on this, which is probably a good thing.
1: Well, I can't wait to hear about when Sherry listens to this and calls you out on that. She'll be listener number eighteen, which is which is great. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely, I think for me as well. Like like that inflexibility tends to be a pretty challenge. Like the other day I thought we were going to go to like a late lunch, early dinner. So I would like, I didn't really have lunch. I thought we were going to go, go at like two 30 or so. Cause I had the afternoon free and we didn't leave until like five 30. And I was so frustrated and I could have really ruined that night. I, I like, I had to catch myself a number of times every time we decided to just play another loss because we're watching that right now. Um, I had to really, like, I would throw a little temper tantrum about it. What what is that? Is that ALF? Lost.
0: Oh, Lost. You're watching. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah. Pretty close to ALF. Um, (laughs) We're in the final season now, finally. It's super confusing. Anyway, I never watched it on the original run. Um, So I really had to, like, I know, but I noticed in that moment, like, this is you being inflexible. You just thought the plan was one thing. Jesse clearly thought it was another, even though I really clearly communicated what I thought we were going to (laughs) go. He just wasn't ready to eat. Like he had had a bigger lunch and I had had nothing because I was like, we're going to go at two. Um, So I really had to be flexible there, but I had to like almost muscle through it, but it really paid off. We had a great time at dinner when we did go, um, you know, as opposed to me just being a brat the whole night and ruining it
0: well, and 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 this may play some sort of a, a a role in what it is that you're saying here. i One thing that I have a real tough time with with couples is couples who have a deeply ingrained sense of passive aggression mm-hmm. that is so, so damaging and so deeply ingrained in the way that the two of them express disgust to each other. And it's just, it's so exceedingly toxic where you're, you you know, you're trying to build, you know, better, more positive communication patterns and it's happening right there. And, and you can feel the knife. It, it, Mm -hmm. It cuts so deep on, on the partner. And it's so natural that, that there's some intentionality in it, but there's also just a deeply ingrained sense of, This is how we've been communicating with one another for the past, you know, some odd years.
1: And it's protective, right? Like, I don't feel safe enough to actually express my disagreements or what's actually happening. I don't feel safe enough to express my emotions that I'm hurt, you know, which is where passive aggressive usually comes from. Um, So there's a lack of trust, a lack of safety. And we're just reinforcing that over and over by making these kinds of comments and being passive aggressive.
0: Yeah, I, I, I see this passive-aggressive thing as probably really in, in my top three things of stuff that just keeps killing the relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if, if you want this all to end in disaster, well then keep it up. Right. Be, because the, the, the passive-aggression, the, well, there we go again. See, this is what he does sort, sort of oh. stuff. Uh, yeah, so oh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so knock it off. Um, and you know, maybe then the question is like, well, what's going on for you? Like, what are you, are you feeling fear right now that this is never going to change? Like what's going on for you that you feel the need to say that, um, you know, kind of checking in with yourself or even, you know, if you can, if your, if your partner says something crappy and passive aggressive to you, imagine what it would be to, instead of responding to that out of defensiveness, being able to have empathy and, and compassion for your relationship and actually checking in with them, like. You know, Brene Brown, the the simple tool Brene Brown uses is literally just saying, ow, like, ow, that hurt. You know, what's, what's going on? Like, why, what's happening for you? And your partner may not be able to do that in that moment. But if you, instead of then responding, you know, meeting aggression with aggression, if we can meet it with compassion, I wonder what, what that would look like instead, you know?
0: Yeah, I it it usually dispels that, but a, a pattern of passive aggression, it, ta- it, it if it's been happening for years,
1: mm-hmm.
0: there there's such a a mutual combat situation yeah. in that it's it's really really difficult to retrain that behavior because it d- erodes trust to such a degree that there is always an expectation that the next thing coming is going to be worse than what this was. Right. Uh, and and it, it has to be outright eliminated in, in, in order for progress to, to start to be made. And it has to be mutual in, in that. Because if you have one trying to eliminate it, the other one continuing to do it, I mean, there's just no way. There's just no way.
1: Someone's got to put the drawbridge down. Right, like we can't just both be in our castle shooting arrows over the walls and expect things to change. Someone has to take down the defenses um, and, and participate in a different way. And it can be, that's that's why honestly like an in individual work, you know, we can focus just on you and like what you need to do. It can be difficult in couples work if we're still feeling like, well, sure. Like I could try to be nice, but like, well, you know, what's gonna happen? Like, when's the next arrow coming? Um, You know, we will only get hit with so many arrows. We can only burn the bridge so many times in our relationships um, before it's impossible to put that drawbridge back down. Um, So that is something really important to think about. Like, is it worth it? Um, Or what are you doing? If you can't trust your partner and you feel like you can't come out of the castle, like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, if, if there has been one person in the relationship that has been, in essence, labeled, as incompetent to do things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, that person begins to feel incompetent to do things. And they begin to have their own kind of expectation that they are going to, they, they can't be trusted. It's, it's frustrating. It has to do with their, their own self-image and their own, the way that they see their place in the relationship. And I'm talking about incompetence in Incompetence in the ability the ability to properly care for the child or children, incompetence in the ability to actually remember and get things done, uh, to keep a schedule, to keep a calendar, to to do to show up when necessary. And I've I've seen this overall where you may have one part of a uh, of a really uh, one person in the relationship that does struggle a little bit more with like kind of order and and whatnot and and another person who may be higher on the anxiety scale and is really really good with with showing up for things and the the disparity in that comes off that one person is incompetent and one person is competent and then you have the passive aggressive scale start to to move around uh and it and it causes this great contention and and oftentimes i go was this not something that we knew at the beginning of the relationship? <laughs> did, 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 did this just show up at some point? Did somebody have a stroke or something? Uh, because this was something that was known. It's something that can be improved, uh, but it, it is also something that, that there's other things about this person that is something that you once loved. Right. So can we talk about the strengths in, in those things and stop beating them over the head that they may have perhaps a couple of, weaknesses that they can totally compensate for.
1: Right. And so that's kind of like that acceptance of who our partner is. I think that really there isn't much more damaging in our relationship than than wanting our partners to be something totally different, um, both for the partner who's wanting that and also for the partner, like you said, the one who's been labeled as not good enough or incompetent or not what I want. You know, I want... You know, even if it's something like, you know, I want a husband who, who brings me flowers every week, you know, if that's not who your husband is, then knock, knock it off. Like having reasonable expectations. If I walk in the door every night and expect that my house is going to be clean and, you know, the dishes are put away and that doesn't happen every night and every night I'm pissed and every night I'm frustrated, like that's kind of on me. You know, like clearly my husband has demonstrated that he's not going to do that. Um, And so why am I getting upset about it every night? You know, there are, you know, like we've talked about, there's certain things where there, there is a line, like I expect for my husband not to hit me. That's not something that I just say, oh, well, my husband just hits me. I guess I know who he is. You know, there, there are things within that where we need to draw lines and we need to, to acknowledge those things, but are these things that you could what would your life be like if you walked in the house every night and knew there'd be dishes in the sink that you're going to put away. And that was okay. How much different would your life be or whatever the case might be? I know that when Jeremy gets done with work, he's going to be on his phone for 30 minutes. And then after that, you know, he'll, he'll come back. Like how much better is your life? If you can accept some of those things that your partner does that really aren't that big a deal, like stop taking a stand on this hill and, and again, continuing to just get shot with arrows every time, like why? That's suffering. That's not pain, that's suffering and that's a choice.
0: You know, I, I stopped bringing Sherry flowers a really long time ago. Um, I, instead I bring her corn on the cob, which is so much more practical uh, be, because it's, it's, it's yummy. It says, I care about you. And, and it, it, it's really something that you both can enjoy together. On, on a Friday evening. And so you know, all you guys out there, if you if you're you're wondering about a wonderful thing to do to be thoughtful, corn on the cob. I mean, it's it's for everyone. Who doesn't love corn on the cob? So um, you you're welcome, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. So the things to do, the thing that really heals, like all this stuff that we're talking about, this knock it off thing, it really is just about thoughtfulness. Thoughtfulness about, a thoughtfulness about how you think about your own inflexibility, thoughtfulness in the way that you approach your partner at any given time, thoughtfulness in your usage of your cell phone and social media and, and all of these different things. Think about what it is that you're doing. How does it affect the other person? Renew that because the chances are you, at the beginning of the relationship you were a little better at it than you are now it's just a normal thing you get used to life as it is and kind of there's an ex there there comes like a level of comfort a level of routine and you know that that can really form bad habits think about the way that the things that you do affect the other person think about are, are are you forgiving are you are you always kind are you at all passive aggressive? Do you ever just show up in terms of something needs to be done? I'm going to do it because you know when you come home and the floor has been vacuumed, that's kind of nice. When you come home and something else has been done, the, the plants have been watered. That you. Oh my god! I walked out
1: is. of like a set. I had seven sessions. I was busy all day. I Did knew he have corn in the, the cob? In the sink. For us, it's dishes in the sink. For you guys, it's corn on the cob. I walked out and the dishwasher was empty and the kitchen was clean. And I swear, I nearly like teared up. Like it just meant so much to not, number one, not have to do that myself. And number two, I knew that my husband really thought about, that was thoughtful, you know? And so it gets really easy not to do those things. Like I want you to put, like put a post-it note up on your on your mirror, like, you know, with with some um, positive phrase and just tell me how long it takes you to stop paying attention to it. Right. And now think about your partner, like your partner is just there every day you wake up, they're there. Um, we kind of stop thinking about our partners and what they need and how they're changing. Um, so it's pretty easy to stop paying attention to that. And again, it's okay to every couple years say, you know, I'd, I'd really love flowers instead of corn on the cob. Um, it's okay to, to bring up things that you need or want in your relationship. Um, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong. It just means that you've stopped seeing the post-it note. Like we, we have to be talking with each other about these things.
0: Yeah, you know, and if, and if really this, you're not feeling the corn and the cob this week, a six pack of Kura's light, it's almost <laughs> yes, the same. I'm sure what Sherry loves. <laughs> yeah, it really says, I love you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, also don't forget about the friendship. The, the friendship that there is there and and uh, it's, it''s a it's a it's a friendship that needs to continually be fed. And what do friends do for each other? It, it, it's thinking of each other, it's it's providing the the encouragement that is that is necessary. and think of it really in terms of just putting fuel in the tank, putting water in the reservoir because it it really really pays off and it it keeps. The the more that you feed that friendship, the more that those bad habits really naturally start to fade away. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're constantly being good, it's really difficult to um, to 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 meet kindness and care with passive aggression. And and if that's what is being done, then there's other problems. <laughs> and and. You know we, we we sometimes see that sort of thing too keep the investment in the uh in, in the self-reflection what it is that you're providing for the uh, relationship
1: and so one of the ways that we can do that is is possibly using something like the love languages um so gary chapman has a great book called the five love languages but um and he also has a fantastic website. It's literally the numeral five. So five lovelanguages.com where you can take the quiz and find out what your languages are. And I encourage couples to do this, to spark a conversation and to talk about needs. Um, Because like if my language is acts of service, but Jesse's is physical touch and I'm doing, you know, I'm vacuuming, I'm cleaning the kitchen, I'm making dinner, I'm running errands. He's not hearing that as I love you as so much as like if i sit down on the couch and you know hold his hand or you know whatever give him a kiss that's going to speak much more to someone whose love language is physical touch um, and vice versa, where mine is acts of service. And so if he's just giving me a kiss every time he comes home, I may not be hearing I love you. Um, and so that's a great way to reinvest in that friendship of speaking each other's love language um, and m- really making it fun, not making it a chore and something we have to do, but learning more about each other in different ways I think can be really, really useful. And we stop doing that too. Like we stop learning about each other um, because we feel, feel like we know everything, but even our love languages can change. Mine has changed over the years.
0: I'm, I'm thinking of all of this in terms of the 2020 year. And with all of those people out there that are spending way more time with one another mm-hmm. um, and more I mean, different kinds of stresses with the kids in the home and, and all of this sort of stuff. And, and I think this has been a, a really difficult year because of how different life is. And lots of people really enjoy going to work and then coming home and having that kind of a, um, uh, a lifestyle where they're home now and there's so much more of that FaceTime and so much more of the stress that can build up in just being in tight proximity with, mm-hmm. with others. And I mean, we've talked about this before on our wonderful Weenus podcast here, but in, in there, there's probably habits that have been built up just this year that probably need to be checked in on.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I had a client the other day. Um, his wife is very analytical and kind of business-minded. And he jokingly suggested like, he's like, you know, I do my performance review at work, like, but we don't do one at home. And I and I honestly just thought like, what an interesting idea. Like, I don't know how you frame that or what questions might be on like a personal performance review or like a relationship performance review. Um, but doing it in a, just like we do at work in a constructive way and not just attacking each other, but how do we reach our goals if we don't actually check in on how things are going or how do we set goals for the next year? I just thought that that was kind of, it really struck me as like, maybe that would be something interesting to do of, of kind of, I'm sure there's gotta be tools out there for it. I haven't done the research to see if there are, but, but just doing kind of like a relationship performance review and maybe even like a self-review um, of really checking in to see how things are going. Like what habits have I built up this year or what, you know, what have I noticed that my partner is doing, um, that I've noticed is kind of new and and isn't working for me so well. And just creating that space to have a, a dialogue around that it would take some real strength in a relationship to do that in a healthy way. Um, but I just thought it was kind of an interesting idea.
0: It actually is. It's getting me thinking. I mean, you know, as as far as like husband takes out trash on regular basis, needs (laughs) improvement, you know? (laughs) Right, yeah. Actually, that would be a a really neat thing to kind of build up.
1: It'd be interesting. Like, but again, you know, I just think it would take such like personal ego strength and like the ability to have a difficult conversation um, to even like, what do we even put? I had a dream that Jesse sat down and had this long list of all the things that were wrong with me. And he was just gonna like go through the list. I think he said Um, that to me yesterday. And it was just, but, and um, I couldn't read the list, which I didn't really, did you know that you can't read in your dreams? No. And I only know this because Jesse learned this on Batman cartoons. So I have not fact checked that, Um, but he said he learned that a long time ago that Batman figured out he was in a dream because he couldn't read anything. Um, And apparently Uh you can't read in your dreams, but I couldn't, I was trying to see like what was on the list and I woke up and I was like really hurt, Um, but it didn't actually happen. That has not happened. Um, but I think it would just be really interesting like to do a, something towards progress of like how, okay, so what goals do we set then for the next quarter or the next year together as a couple?
0: I really love that. I really love that. And, and number one, you don't fact check Batman. <laughs> Batman's Batman. The second thing is the the entire idea of, of uh, just really a relationship check-in in the same way that you do in monitoring how mm-hmm. effective you are at your profession Uh, that's a really interesting thing, you know, maybe we should start, you know, working on something like that. Maybe that's what
1: we do when we have Sherry and Jesse on next week, is we do a relationship (laughs) performance review, and we surprise them with it.
0: That would be, that would be, that would
1: be amazing. Hi, Jesse, you're here for your performance review. (laughs) He'd love that. I'm sure Sherry would too.
0: Yeah. Now, I, 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 I think we can certainly do something to make, make for some wonderful, uncomfortable moments.
1: <laughs> so that's that goes to say that next week on our 10th episode, um, we are going to be having our spouses that you've heard so much about, Sherry and Jesse, um, on the podcast. And we're really looking forward to that. So was there anything that we needed to kind of toss in? I mean, I guess my last one, and this is going to be much easier said than done, is stop the hours long arguments, just knock it off, walk away from it, go to bed angry, let it process come back together Um, and stop pushing away your sources of support. You know, when we get angry with, with each other or we're hurt, then we tend to separate when really like moving towards each other in that moment and just allowing to comfort each other even though you're angry is a real strength. Um, so that's my kind of last knock it off. Did you have a last knock it off?
0: No, I, I think I'm gonna go ahead and agree with that because you know, the chances are the point that you're trying to drive home isn't really that important in the big yeah. scheme, scheme of life. You know, so, so do, you, do you really need to park that Dodge? You know, is it really that important? I I think I'm just gonna end with the 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 concept of thoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. And 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 are are you really are you really empathizing right now? Are you really I, feeding?
1: I I talk with people all the time about like trying to have more more empathy in the way they're thinking instead of thinking, oh, my partner's just being lazy. You know, maybe, maybe he's actually afraid or maybe he's overwhelmed, you know, and whatever the truth is. Whatever the truth is, how you're thinking about it is what's creating those thoughts and behaviors and feelings. Um, and so if I'm thinking that my husband is just scared or overwhelmed, that creates a whole different set of feelings and actions in my relationship than he's being lazy, that really contributes much more positively. So whatever the truth is, how I'm thinking about it creates that reality for me. Um, and so that's something that we have to think about. It's, I find it some, sometimes it's really tough for people to be empathetic. They they may not be willing at this point because they are so hurt or you know whatever the case might be. So, but I agree, empathy towards our partners and thoughtfulness is really a foundation for success.
0: Yes, absolutely. And thank you for joining us on the Weenus podcast for October 23rd of 2020. We're so glad that you lasted all the way through this. We are going to be so famous someday. And, everybody's and that's going to not why we're to- doing it. That's why I'm doing it. Why are you doing it?
1: I'm doing it for the goodness of the human world. Oh, right.
0: That's stuff too. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the Weenus podcast this week. Have a wonderful week.
1: All right. Take care, everybody.